Hello, welcome to another episode for the MediaCast here for Funkit, the Funkit podcast. And as you can see, if you're watching the video, if not, I'm going to tell you, um, still in work attire, quite sweaty right after work, but of course not too tired to take a look back at what happened in the media, what was noteworthy, what should be uh, discussed, and which questions did I get over the past week that I should be elaborating on. So let's jump right into it. And... I want to start with actually quite some sad news and I was really debating whether or not to talk about it and like at which point of this episode to talk about it in the beginning, at the end, somewhere in the middle so that I can bury it with some something funny at the end or in the beginning and whatnot. And then I thought actually it, it, it's, it's really kind of close to home and it's really important to me. So that's why I decided to talk about it right off the bat. So there was there was some news online over the past few days that uh, a TikTok star, um, influencer, however you want to call it, an 18-year-old girl um, took her own life, uh, passed away. And they said, the coroner, the coroner said um, it was suicide. So then afterwards, the parents came out on social media and handled it in a pretty weird way, at least for me. Um, they were quite open and posted with like hashtags like, RIP for my angel or whatever, um, which just is a bit weird. But then again, everybody grieves differently, so no judgment here. Also, maybe it's just the way how, how people deal with grief now, people who grow up with the internet and so on. So no judgment here. Uh, why I wanted to talk about it is A, of course, yeah, well, rest in peace, and it's really sad to hear. Um, but secondly, it seems to indicate that there were some some mental issues of like depression and so on um, at play, and that's just the thing that that that, that really so bothers me because it's 2021, and we all heard about like mental health and we like we all saying how important mental health is, but then again, no one really acts upon it, right? So um, I don't know if if you're struggling somehow and you don't know who to talk to or whatever um do shout out um i think i'm good at listening so um if it sounds a bit cheesy from strange random dude on the internet but seriously sometimes just talking seems to help so if you feel like you need to talk shout out if you know someone who struggles just be there for them um and seriously there's, there's no like you're not lo losing face or whatever by asking for help but i know it's it's hard and no one wants to do it um but we should all, we should all be more aware of this and i think yeah mental health it's like a buzzword and like every company has like mental health awareness i don't know workshops or whatever but then nothing comes from it so i think we need to be more active here like take it more serious not just talk about it and throw buzzwords around but actually act upon it and i'm really disappointed not only by like i know myself and others and the like that i like companies that i work with and comments that I don't work with, like in general, the public in general, social media platforms, everybody involved is just doing a sorry shit job here. And we really need to figure out better ways to, I know, take so, uh, social, uh, take mental health more serious. And we're all in this together, right? So seriously, um, yeah, I know, make love, not war, be there for each other. And I hope there will, we will find ways to, um, tackle this better and more serious hmm. okay um i mean i don't want to keep the mood down for the whole episode even though this is really sad and like i said it's really close to home uh so i do hope something comes from it maybe at least some more dis discussions and, and and the like um but yeah 
So if you know someone, reach out. If you are in, 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 in any kind of trouble, you're struggling, do reach out by yourself. Okay, then um, what else should we talk about? What happened over the last week? Um, Tesla has been in the news uh, over the past week for two several reasons. Actually, now, since I'm recording right now, maybe for three, because Elon is on the Rogan experience again. I haven't watched it yet, so I, I can't talk about it yet. I will do this the next week. I just saw the announcement that, that uh, the, the podcast episode dropped. Um, so, but the, the two reasons I wanted to talk, talk about Tesla is A, um, Elon, well, Elon on Twitter, of course, um, but, but they announced that um, A, they purchased, I think, Bitcoin worth one point something billion. And secondly, they announced that they probably also will accept Bitcoin as a payment option, which then led to Bitcoin. Um, yeah, to the moon. I mean, not 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 really to the moon, but it was climbing quite nicely. Thank you, Elon. Then Uber today announced that they're also uh, considering accepting Bitcoin as payment, which will obviously also drive the price higher up. So glad uh, for once that I didn't miss the hype. Um, so yeah, keep, keep on tweeting, Elon. It's all good. Um, and then the second reason why Tesla was in the news was that uh, they released a new update and new update they released an update in china on the chinese market now for the chinese new year the year of the ox um which just started today and they're integrating tiktok now <laughs> i don't know why you would want to have tiktok in your car man i yes i kind of understand now that i say it out loud okay yeah so you can do TikToks in your car and you, whatever. I mean, who am I to doubt Tesla and Elon? So you know what you're doing. Um, so to our Chinese friends, um, let me know how it is to have TikTok in your car. <laughs> um, speaking of TikTok, um, also some local news because I figured I'm in Thailand. So maybe I can also share some local news once in a while. Um, our prime minister had his first TikTok appearance. Yes, uh, that's what we were waiting for the whole time. Of course, finally, our prime minister who took power in a coup um, is on TikTok. Um, so they do this to, to, to reach a new audience, to connect to the young people, because we have some protests here, as you might know, and mostly student-led. So now they're trying to figure out new ways to connect to the younger audience in a better way. If simply being on TikTok um, does that, I'm not sure. But I mean, well, good on them for trying. He even had like those, uh, a Chinese New Year's filter um, with like those, those Chinese lanterns in, in, in the picture. So uh, yeah. Uh, Good job, I guess. And they said they're going to wait for feedback now to see if they're going to continue doing this. But he also said we should not expect him to, to make faces. That's what he said, because a prime minister ha has to act in a certain way. <laughs> let's see if the feedback will be positive enough. <laughs> I kind of doubt it, but let's see if we will see more of our prime minister on TikTok. Um, speaking of social media apps, um, forget all structure for this video now and for this podcast. Um, one thing that, that I actually experienced this week was kind of interesting. So after I when, when WhatsApp right announced like their privacy uh, <coughs> updates, I was one of those people who said like, okay, that's enough. Now I have to go. And then they backpedaled, of course, like, yeah, we didn't mean it like this. It's just like we're just bringing like brands to WhatsApp, maybe kind of, but privacy is still going to be something there so i guess um don't go uh, so i didn't i don't buy it even if they're not changing it right now they they think they're thinking about it obviously right so I, i'm like okay let's just stop it right here let's delete my whatsapp account and then uninstall whatsapp and finally i did it this week and it felt kind of nice to actually delete a social network from your phone 
it's not necessarily a dick on whatsapp only i'm guessing like any kind of social network would feel would give me this feeling but it was nice like like more peace of mind now that there are only 27 to go that i have to delete and uninstall um but yeah it's i don't have whatsapp anymore and i'm not missing it there you go mark ha <laughs> but seriously so on a serious note like in, uninstalling a social network is kind of a different thing because usually you just download and install stuff so it felt kind of nice it's a weird thing right and should not be a big thing but it made me feel like yeah cool i am not a slave to social media only to those 20 other apps <laughs> um what else do we have oh social media Last week, I talked a lot about um, what's happening in, in Myanmar, right? And I hope you're not forgetting and I hope you're still checking. Hashtag what is happening in Myanmar. Because of course, it's still ongoing. The coup is still ongoing. The protests are still ongoing. They cut, they still cut the internet connection. And there are now two things happening. Oh, two, several things. But uh, one thing that is happening there is, um, and I followed a thread on Twitter here. So I hope I'm not misquoting it. Um, so there's, there's an eSIM provider here. So eSIM means it's an electronic SIM. If you buy it, you get a QR code and then you scan it and then you have an electronic SIM basically on your phone. And then here in Thailand, there's a provider, AIS. They have a SIM called SIM2Fly. So if you go to on a holiday, the, you can get a SIM2Fly and then depending on the region that you're going in, they will have like um, roaming agreements with providers in that region. So now if you do take the eSIM, eSIM to fly basically, and you're in Myanmar, you don't need your actual SIM, you get the electronic SIM, and you have this roaming, roaming, roaming agreement from the Thailand provider in Myanmar, which means even though the Myanmar network is down and they're blocking internet access from the Myanmar network, you can still access the internet via roaming in this case. And if now the government would also sh shut down roaming, this would of course bring the government in trouble with their international partners. So this gets rather interesting. So it's probably a step that the government isn't yet willing to take. Maybe if things get worse, more out of hand, maybe they will also shut down roaming. But so far roaming isn't shut down, um, as I mentioned, because apparently this would violate lots of international trade agreements that they have with Thailand, for example, or maybe even other countries, and hence, this workaround still works, which is rather interesting. Um, then there are lots of interviews um, right now online from people in Myanmar, reporters for the Myanmar Times. Um, if I if I misquote here, I'm sorry. I'm also one from the Irrawaddy, obviously the biggest or one of the biggest news outlets here. Um, and they're all talking about like how how a terrible it is, of course, how how like the human rights are not upheld, and um, that they're all expecting it to get worse. Um, based on history in Myanmar, so now everyone's expecting it to get worse, and that's obviously why it's so important that media coverage is there, that they do have to work around, um, that they still can make themselves heard, because once the media is really shut out and shut down, you can, one can only imagine what would be would be going on there. So. Um, to everyone covering, like being the journalists or, or citizen journalists, like everyone who's out there and covers the protests and everything, good on you. Um, the more eyes on, on that, the better, because once we can't see anything anymore, then you're basically on your own. So um, yeah, keep, keep doing this. Um, stay safe, though. I hope everyone stays safe who's, who's involved. Um, don't do anything stupid. And we're definitely with you. Uh, thoughts with, with everyone in there. And I hope we will not see Myanmar sliding back into where they've just come out of. 
Speaking of, should I go that? Yeah, again, structure. What, what is structure, right? So um, usually I have it at the end of, of, of the episodes, but now I'm going to just say it right, right away. Um, so usually I, I, I'm suggesting like podcast at the end of the episode. I'm like, hey, my favorite podcast of the week was this and that. So this week I, I think my favorite podcast was uh, Joe Rogan Experience with Michael Malice. And I mean, Michael Malice is, is, is quite a little bit... Um, controversial if you want to but he also has lots of interesting insights and one of them was when he talked about a how journalists in north korea are being treated of um but then also in like other areas around the world and then he mentioned like one example of eritrea i believe in africa where journalists were being like held in a cage and and, and they left a cage just in the desert and then left them to die and so you just see that journalism yeah, while we're hating on like those clickbait journalists and so on, and they are the worst and they ha should go to hell, um, like journalism in, in other countries is still like it's like it's like a superhero if you want to. I mean, they don't have superpowers, kinda, but I mean, they they can really help the population, or they are like the enemies of of the villains if you want to, right? Of the oppressive government, which is crazy. So to every just to everybody who who is still out there doing like real journalistic work, not like trying to divide the country, um, like hats off, you 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 are really heroes. Um, you you're doing a good job and an important job, and I I hope that um, more people will follow this again. I can see it right now that being becoming a journalist is not on everybody's plate anymore. Um, even you know, working for a uni for, for, for a faculty that um, educates in the ter in terms of journalism and mass communication, we can see that lots of people don't want to go down the journalistic road. They want to go down the, the mass communication, PR, marketing road, and so on, make money and the like, which is fair. Um, but of course, you all need journalists that hopefully do their job in a, in a way that is supposed to be like upholding a mirror to society, showing us what's happening and just, yeah trying to make the world a better place so for everyone who's doing this like all my respect and i hope you you really you, you stay safe as, as safe as you can and keep up um yeah, doing what you're doing it's really important it's important work um what else did we have oh yeah <laughs> um gina carano and i'm interested in, in her not in her but in the person in, uh, for two reasons a of course I'm really, in, I'm really into MMA, as you might know if you've seen my MMA episodes. Um, so she was a famous MMA fighter from back in the day. And then B, of course, she's in the Star Wars universe, and Star Wars is awesome. And she got kicked off of the Mandalorian for um, her Twitter outbursts, so to speak, for her for what she um, was writing on Twitter. And I mean, it's deleted. And but I think she wrote something like um, she compared uh, if someone is mistreated or stereotyped um, because of their political views. She's a Trump supporter in the States. She compared this to how Nazi Germany treated the Jewish people back then in the during the Holocaust. Yeah, I mean, that's of uh, that, that's obviously a no-go. I'm, I'm, I'm still, of course, I mean, me being German, I obviously had to study and listen to what, what happened back then over and over and over again and fair enough because that was obviously terrible what happened and one should learn about this and yeah never never again it's like the it's like the saying that 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 always has been quoted when it um comes like to remember this 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 those events um i still can understand like how how people just use this as i don't know as an example like hey it's just like the holocaust no it's not 
<laughs> no matter what you think, it's not just like the Holocaust. And that was a really stupid thing to say. And I think she doubled down uh, then in some posts before she deleted all of it. So, I mean, you, you can't be surprised if Disney then says, um, sorry, but no. Yeah. And it was a big outrage, of course. I like, hashtag cancel Gina Carano or fire Gina Carano or something. So, yeah, now she's going to feel all oppressed probably. But seriously, I mean, just sometimes, yeah, a little bit introspective, think what you did. And uh, just a sorry would have been enough, I guess. But yeah, okay. Uh, can't help those people sometimes. Uh, what else do we have this week? Clubhouse keeps booming. Apparently, they're valued at 100 million already without, like, I don't know, people even being on there. <laughs> yeah, of course, you're on there if you're VIP and you've got your iPhone. How in the. F <laughs> Can you value a startup at a hundred million or whatever if it excludes the majority of the people that are using smartphones? I'm just saying. Like, yeah, it's cool. iPhone. Ooh, ooh. Uh, F you. Seriously. If you exclude like everybody else in the world, it's not a social network. It's an elitist network. And I just don't give... Um, but of course, with all the superpower power behind Clubhouse and Kevin Hart apparently being involved uh, like in the early stage, so there, there is lots of money, power and everything behind it. They're probably going to push it to the moon or try to push it to the moon. Um, even Elon's having fun on there because he, uh, he said he's, he's going to do like a session. I don't know with, with whom, with some, someone crazy, I believe. I forgot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Alex Jones would pop up there at some point. So, yeah. But still, how can you just make it available for only iPhone users? Nah, whatever. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Um, but okay, make it elitist so that everybody wants it. Uh, so that the hype is big. Yeah, I understand. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just mad because I'm not on Clubhouse. <laughs> I'm into deleting social media apps right now. I don't want to be in Clubhouse. There you go. If you are on Clubhouse, don't let me know how it is. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, um, of course, it seems to be booming. Uh, lots of people um, still joining, like lots of celebrities saying they're having fun on there, probably getting paid for that. Um, but yeah, all power to them. It's something new, at least somehow. So let's let's see where that goes. I'm all for, for new concepts, even if the new concept is like taking radio and selling it as a new concept. But I'm all for new concepts. Um, speaking of new concepts, old concept. <laughs> China banned the BBC. <laughs> Why? Because uh, the UK banned, uh, re re revoked uh, the TV license for a Chinese station. And so China is like, hey, BBC, you're inciting or you, I know, reporting fake news or whatever. Uh, you're not allowed to broad broadcast from here anymore. So now China banned the BBC. It's like, it was very obvious, right? That the UK. Um, says, hey, the Chinese TV station can't do this anymore. Then China's like, yeah, okay, then the BBC can do this here anymore. Uh, a bit pity, but okay, that's, that's how it goes. Um, uh, a documentary also aired on a framing Britney Spears, which was interesting. So this kind of highlighted how, how the media just fucked up. I, I, I had to say it, fucked up Britney Spears, right? So how the media really mistreated here, her on, and stalked her and basically led to her going... I was going downhill in terms of like her mental health and so on. And after the documentary, I had like lots of outlets actually apologize to Britney Spears saying like, sorry, Britney, it's on us. We didn't, we, 
we were a-holes and so on like Paris Hilton um, also said that he was too harsh on her and he's sorry for everything so I saw an outpouring of um, sympathy towards Britney Spears after they saw like how the media actually treated her followed her around stalked her and so on which it's a good thing that, I mean, it's it's sad that it took so long for them to realize it, um, but it's a good thing that it eventually happened and maybe that leads to, I don't know, those gossip news being a bit more tactful and while I'm saying this, I'm thinking, no, probably not. But maybe maybe for a few weeks, it leads to, to I don't know, all of us and maybe TMC being a bit bit more tactful, a bit, a bit nicer that, until the clicks go down and then probably they go right back at it. Um, but yeah, it's just something interesting to see like how the media actually can can F up your, your life. And um, yeah, that's something that many people aren't aware of. And yeah, celebrities, they sign out, they sign for this. They get, um, they get lots of money. They get famous, uh, don't have to work a real job ever again. True, but still, it still Fs with their life. So sometimes it's just um, important to also visualize that and see that. And the documentary apparently did a good job raising awareness here. So um, poor Brittany, let's hope that everything's going to get better from now on. Let's hope uh, that those, those conspiracies aren't true and that she's actually um, doing fine, doing well. Um, what else? Oh yeah, I had one more thing. Um, the president of Microsoft, um, he called on other countries to follow the Australian um, the Australian, I don't know, approach and when it comes to the media bargaining code, right? We talked about this two weeks ago or so when Google said they might leave Australia if uh, Australia goes through with the media bargaining code and then the US government tried to convince Australia not to do it, but Australia's like, yeah, might. Uh, we don't listen to you, might. We do what we want, might. <laughs> My Aussie accent is terrible, I'm sorry. I love you, Australia. I lived there for a while. Um, so yeah, so um, the president of Microsoft, Microsoft said uh, other countries should follow. What they're doing basically is they say like search engines and other companies that, that use existing content in their search results, for example, they should pay those, those outlets, those newspapers and so on uh, for using this content. Google now says, well, if you wouldn't show pieces of your content, no one would find you. So why, why should we pay for it? Like that's kind of like this back and forth. And then Google said, if this bargaining code, this law becomes a law in Australia, they might just leave Australia. And then, well, Australia doesn't have Google anymore. Um, they're not going to do it. Uh, but also, I don't think that the bargaining code will be super strict, as strict as Australia Australia suggested it to be. There will be like some middle ground because money talks. And the fact that Microsoft is now in there like, yeah, more people should do it um, because no one's using Bing. <laughs> you don't have to pay that much. I don't know. Um, right now, what we can see in the media, and I'll serious for a second, and what we can see in the media is, of course, this that privacy is the battleground right now. Right? We see like... Apple coming out like hating on social media saying like privacy is more important Facebook is the devil and Apple che like cherishes Apple considers privacy to be more important uh, if they are they doing it because they really think so or are they doing it because they're seeing this is a battleground and this is something people now care more about and that's how they want to reel in more people yeah that's anybody's guess and now Microsoft doing the same thing Right. Say, okay, privacy is an important issue right now. That's where Google seems to struggle. Let's jump onto the bandwagon and see that Google struggles there, Facebook struggles there. Let's just let's just fuel the fire and say, hey, we are for that thing that like is better for 
the smaller journalists. If it's really better, I honestly have to go into more detail, to be honest. Like, yes, of course, you get paid, which is good. But then will they still show all your results or will that be like will they change the the algorithm for example so that once you get paid they won't show you anymore so once you were in there and then you had a certain amount of click through rate maybe then they will take you out of the algorithm so that you don't earn too much or something i don't know you know that's, that's things we have to we have to wait and see what, uh, what's going to happen so i'm always a bit careful when companies try to be like holier than anything else like hey we are microsoft we're just for the user we're for the we're for the little man we're fighting for the little man yeah right microsoft fighting for the little man i don't believe it uh, i also don't believe that tim cook is the nice guy who says like we want privacy for everybody because we're fighting for normal people no you don't you just want to convince us to buy more of your products um but as i mentioned earlier if this fight fight that those battlegrounds lead to us getting more privacy better products i mean so be it go fight i just don't believe that they're doing it just for us okay that's a bit of the news this week um then i had two questions um in regards to some media theories one question was could you quickly <laughs> quickly end a media theory nice um, could you quickly explain technological determinism <laughs> yeah sure um and the other one was um could you also briefly thank you for using a different word briefly elaborate on, on uh, a few media audience um, theories quickly <laughs> oh, nice okay let me let me show you my slides um so technological determinism right so determinism basically means uh, that you are not in control of all the decisions that you make you don't decide things based on your own will you decide things based on what influences you so you grow up with your, your parents influence you your friends you maybe religious beliefs influence you so your surrounding influences you your job your your, your the school that you're in the, the uni your professors and so on so those are things that influence your decision making meaning the decisions you make are not based on your own will they're based on things that de determine how you behave so that's determinism in a nutshell so now technological determinism is a theory that says okay we think that technology influences the way society develops so we it people media people to an extension that cost we are using uh, technology um though we are those people who are usually in favor of technological de technological determinism we're saying okay so technology develops in a certain way and this then influences society yeah we have tiktok now people communicate in a different way we have we had snapchat it stories then people communicate in a different way they change how they communicate we had tinder which changes how people dating it's swiping and so on um i think i never tried of course um so that's technological determinism it's also we developed the car and now people take a car and they don't take the horse anymore for example okay but then of course there are others who say yeah wait but it's not always the case it's not technology technology influencing society technology develops because of society so people said hey i'm freaking tired of always taking care of my horse and then my horse is so slow and then my horse is sick and then i can't go anywhere i need something better yo henry can you can you help me and then they developed a car for example in a nutshell like in like a very very short so then there's this back and forth between people who think 
technological determinism is true, and others who are saying, like it's more like the, the conservative historical approach, they're like, yeah, wait, wait, I don't think that is true because actually society leads to technology um, evolving. Now the question is, of course, what is true? And as always with any kind of media theory or any kind of theory out there, it's like both, right? Sometimes one side pushes and pulls a bit more than the other time the other side pushes and pulls a bit more. Yeah. For the car, for example, maybe it was more like, okay, I made a scientific breakthrough. I, I, I haven't been there, so I'm just guessing. Um, we can now do this and this and this and this, and this could lead to um, us moving without actually having to use horses. And then the society's like, finally, and then they embraced it after a while. <coughs> Sorry. You thought that embracing probably took a while. Um, and so on. So this is technological determinism in a, in a, in a, in a nutshell. So how technology influences uh, society. This, of course, is hard to actually analyze whether or not that is, like, to which extent it's true. Yeah, it's, I would say it's true to some extent. Of course, technology influences society somehow, but it also depends on that society. Yeah, not every society, every country, every culture is the same. Yeah, you have cultural... Um, restraints at some places. Here in Thailand, we have some kind of censorship sometimes. You can't say everything and use everything all the time, of course. Um, you have technological constraints. Like maybe there's no 4G, 5G available. Maybe you don't have an internet connection. Right? So there are constraints that influence how technology develops and how technology influences a society. That's why I would say, again, in a nutshell right now, in a five-minute explanation, that technological determinism is not always true, but it it holds up to some extent because to some extent obviously technology influences society case in point the way we're communicating the way you're watching this video or listening to this podcast right now okay <laughs> that's usually a three-hour class so i explained it like in five minutes so um really not shell okay um if you have any more specific questions please do shout out um for example there are so many different areas like what makes a technology take off? What happens if a technology takes off? What happens if there's some momentum behind the technology? So there are many more aspects to this whole determinism thing, but that was it, like, again, in a nutshell, in, in short. And then the other question was, can you briefly, so not, no, not, not quickly, but briefly, um, elaborate on a few media audiences? And then there are, there are like, three media audiences here on the notes. Okay, so... Um, the first one, the hypodermic needle. Um, good question, especially question to a German person. So the hypodermic needle um, theory simply means um, that that's what the Germans used in the Second World War yeah, to, to brainwash the audience, basically, uh, for propaganda. It's like you repeat a message over and over and over and over and over again until the audience believes what you're saying because there's no, no other way around. You see the same message on all the channels all the time so you can't escape it that's why it's called hypodermic needle it's like injecting the message that the center of the message wants you to understand so that's the hypodermic needle now, i don't think that this approach is still very useful today maybe besides for north korea um but it definitely worked back then in the Second World War, and there are still certain times when we see it happening here. Some kind of advertising, for example, they try to send messages over and over again. Some governments try this too, but of course, 
we now have more choices, right? So we don't need to listen to the same message over and over again. If you choose to, you can ignore those messages, scroll, zap somewhere else, and so on. So that's one, hypodermic needle. Um, again, nutshell explanations right here, right? Um, then the other one is the two-step flow theory. And I always think about, about Chiara. One, two, step. <laughs> One, two, step. Um, two-step flow theory. So two-step flow theory simply now says, okay, so you've got um, some information out there. And then this is you, right? So you want the information. But if the information comes in its raw form at you and you're coming home after work, you're tired and all the information just comes at you like, oh my God, that's TMI, too much information. I, I can't handle this right now. That's where two-step flow comes into place, means there is someone in the middle, yeah, some influencer, maybe someone you trust, a TV show anchor, a news anchor, for example. Yeah, so then this middle man, takes off the information, makes sense of it, adds their own spin, obviously, and then passes it on to the audience. That's good because you don't have to comprehend all the raw information. It's not so good because you have to trust this middleman. If this middleman just spins it somehow and adds their own take on things and then makes up their own mind and tries to influence you, then it could be negative. Examples, news. All the time. Look at Fox News putting always their spin on it, right? CNN the same thing, just from the other from the other side, spinning in the other way around, right? So no one gives you actually only the news breakdown and then lets you make up your own mind. They all break down the news and then add their own spin so that you don't have to think about. They just want you to agree. So in theory, the two-step would be cool if this middle person, man, whatever, would be very trustworthy and unbiased and so on. In real life. Everybody has an agenda, right? So agenda setting is real. So how much can you trust them? But then, I mean, that's why we pick who we follow and we hopefully follow people that we can trust, that we think are most trustworthy. And I mean, that, that's then how it works, right? That's also politicians, for example. Yeah, politicians are those middle people. We elect the politicians that we trust the most, that we trust to make the best decisions, giving the information that they're getting. So that's the one-two-step two flow. <laughs> Let me hear the one-two... Two-step flow theory. The third one, um, use and gratification theory. That's actually the, the one that's very much accepted by almost every media researcher. Um, it's like you pick what you what you wanna what you wanna watch, read, hear because it makes you happy. So even if you're part of the audience of 18 to 23 year olds living in Bangkok, studying at university. If you want to add a gender, add a gender to it. If you don't want, then don't. Um, even if you're part of this audience, you're not, you're, not behaving like, you're not behaving like everybody else, right? So because you pick what you think is interesting to you. So using gratification means I'm going to drink this and I know it's not good. I'm sorry, my wife for today um, because I want it. I want it. I got it. <laughs> So, yeah, use and gratification. And this, this is also divided in several aspects, but I think that would, that would just take too much time to explain it. So that's a very nutshelly, um, nutshelly explanation of the use and gratification theory. If you want to hear more about it, please do shout out. Uh, maybe I should just make a whole video about use and gratification, about two-step flow and so on. Yeah, but so if you want to hear more, 
come to my class or shout out in the comments and I'll try to explain a little bit more. Okay, I hope the youth and gratification theory was um, part of your decision making to tune into this week's episode of the media cast. Um, if you want to hear more about media theories and get podcast recommendations, um, please shout out. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Right after this, I'm going to chill for a second and then I'm going to watch um, and yeah, I'm going to watch it, not only listen to it, I'm going to watch uh, Elon Musk and Joe Rogan just to see if they're up to anything crazy. And then we discuss this hopefully next week. Let's see if the Tesla shares are, get it, are going up again, if Bitcoin goes through the roof and what else happens. Then again, um, to finish things off, just to get, get blah, blah, now I'm losing track. Uh, I'm getting tired after a whole day of work. Um, just to come full circle, mental health matters. If you know someone who struggles, reach out to them, reach, give them a helping hand. If you struggle by yourself, yeah, tell your friends, tell me, tell and talk to someone. Um, we are all in this together and yeah, together we make it work. See you next week. Take care.